the Golden Stallion, the Man of Tomorrow, Savzu, the Rated R Radio Star, here for a little Patreon only. Oh yeah, Wednesday Q and A, and this is going to be a Q and A. I don't know. Well, no, I've had guests on before for a Q and A. Uh, I've had Stephanie on, and I'm being joined once again by the lovely and hyper intelligent Doctor Stephanie Murphy. Welcome to the show. Hello, thank yeah. you for having me on. Absolutely. Every time you say Patreon, I it sounds like patriarchy wow we cannot have that <laughs> no especially with our other guest here who just will not stand for that She's whatsoever smash that shit <laughs> <laughs> that would of course be the in, be the inimitable mk lords i'm gonna peg the patriarchy y'all oh, oh shit oh i have to steal that peg I, the patriarchy it's not stealing it's just sharing the mind fruit past <laughs> Pass puff puff pass that around. It's just, <laughs> my thoughts are your thoughts. They they belong to no one. Okay. All right. We'll do <laughs> Vulcan mind meld later. To his memes. There we go. <laughs> um. Nice. So MK, of course, you were on last week. I I released a special with a very controversial name. That uh, well, actually, you know what? To people's credit, a lot of people liked it because I thought that was a pretty wild episode. But what it was uh, feminism. I'm trying to remember how it went. Feminism is socialism with a strap on. Is that it, right? Yes. I'm sorry, and you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you're not sorry. No. Sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Yeah. So we've got, so this is great, you know, and, and of course, MK is actually in studio. All three of us are here. This is fantastic. You know, I have to say, there's a lot of people, who, including people that are my patrons, that like literally when they open up their accounts, the first three people they follow are the people sitting in this room right now. Wow. Uh, I don't, yeah. I feel like we shouldn't have that kind of power. Oh, well. I don't know. That's a little bit dangerous. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it is what it is. So, and of course, MK, you have your own little podcast. Well, I shouldn't say little. I think it's great um it's a big old podcast it's a big old podcast i mean that thing will yeah. <laughs> that's right but uh iconosass right yes and how do you spell that it's i-c-o-n-o-s-a-s-s okay so like, icon, icon o sass i love it yeah. and what would you say the show is about just to give you the plug here so it's about a bunch of weird shit. So basically <laughs> whatever awesome. whatever weird stuff I come across, um, it's kind of loosely structured right now. Um, I've had a couple guests on. I've had Stephanie on. I've also had Angela Keaton on. And, um, and then, yeah, I'm working on a solo episode right now. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I kind of cover weird articles. Like, I did one about Nazi furries. And just, <laughs> I kind of like, you know, it's it's kind of funny. It's it's meant to just be kind of humorous and weird sure. and uh, kind of lighthearted. Sometimes I talk about feminism. Sometimes I, I do a little bit of serious uh, discussions. And then I usually end it. The only regular segment I have now is Sassy Bun of the episode, <laughs> which is Sassy Bun is a really sassy strong person in history that uh you know did some unique things and is known for kind of being like i kind of classic i kind of classic yeah so. sure oh, that's my favorite segment uh, well mm -hmm. i it's tough to pick it's, one but i do enjoy that of course that term sassy bun was created by the other person in this uh yes in the studio <laughs> that's right <laughs> you job, can't see Stephanie. it right now but i'm twitching my nose like a sassy bun <laughs> yes yes <laughs> Yeah. So, well, that's cool. I'll put a link in the show notes for that. Um, there is like a podcast feed for it, right? I think I had somebody ask me about that. Like, uh, yeah, it's on SoundCloud. It's on it's, SoundCloud. And you a, can find it there. Yeah, you can find it there. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll make sure that's in the that's in the show notes. But anyway, we do have questions to get into. I mean, we could just bullshit 
you know, all night long, I'm sure. Uh, I was going to say, like, if we're bullshitting a little bit, I think we can do that because it's a Patreon show. Yep. I was going to say, isn't it easier to do a podcast when you're actually like in studio with a person and you can make eye contact and make faces at each other yes. than over Skype or some shit like that? It just doesn't work as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, yeah, we did an episode together when you were in Florida, um, and that was way easier than the one I had to do remotely with Angela because it was kind of hard to see the other person's reactions. And, I and you know, there's a little bit of latency and stuff like that, so it does make it a lot easier. So I'm super happy to be, like, in real life with y'all. So yeah, Absolutely. I too. love it. I, I mean, hell, well, you know, total honesty i wish this could be going on every week i mean yeah, <laughs> i would I love know. it you know this, this would be I'd perfect to do this on a regular basis yeah. yeah yeah so anyway i mean are are, are you gals up for for some questions we got yeah, a couple you, good so ones here we should explain you had you asked us to be on the show yes. because you were kind of saving some of your q a questions you see, but i think that ruins it because like i think a lot of guys are probably thinking it's like yeah they came in they took over they smashed the patriarchy and like right, they forced brian they tied him to never the chair mind, we're gonna change and the narrative said, and they said damn it we're we're taking over your show. That's, I think what, that's what we did. They, we yeah. were wearing pants right. and we were, we had clubs. And... I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> I'm wearing a dress. <laughs> I like Your this number actually. It's like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> we are going to talk about nudism ironically coming up, but. <laughs> well, yeah. in their minds, I mean, if they're going to believe the narrative that we, that we stormed the studio and tied you to a chair, we're we're gonna be definitely wearing some kind of like leather suits or something, okay? And like you yeah. know, carrying okay. various weapons, and also I think there should be like full body stockings in there too, like wow. I don't know, like that. I just we just looked at the pictures of the the anti fog girl that got punched that released like she got like I don't know revenge porned and then she released her own sexy boudoir photos and mm-hmm. oh, I was <laughs> I was saying like it's like that. Oh, she's hot. Yeah. It was really hot. Some somebody saw them and commented like, "Okay, I'm. I think I've turned communist." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, I've I'm becoming a little red myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just blushing." Um, <laughs> but anyway, it. like, yeah, I feel like we should kind of be dressed like her in this imaginary fantasy where we storm the studio. Fair enough. Yeah. So anyway, well, I'm sorry, I did interrupt you to try and just like up the up the game on this uh, on this little episode, but you were going to say. That I asked you two to be on, which I did. Yes, and because you were saving some questions for us. Yeah, I had set some Q&A questions aside, absolutely, that I think... Uh, I, I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure the questions rolled in over the last couple of weeks, but you yes. did sort of say like, oh, wouldn't this be great for NK coming to town and being in the studio if you guys could do this together? So um, are you, you ladies, you girls, you people, whatever. Um, what do you mean you people? Who knows? <laughs> um, we had this question about pronouns once and like what do you call a group of people mk would call it y'all right like from this because you're from the I'd south say y'all and and i think y'all is such a good gender neutral mm-hmm. way to address a group of people and yes it does kind of give away that you're from the south but i yeah. feel that anyone can use it and um yeah one of the less shitty things that's come out of the south i gotta say like as far as like gender neutral pronouns you know if you're not certain how to address a group of people and it's very i think it's kind of warm and inviting too but i also say you guys but i know some people have an issue with the term guys Mm -hmm. yeah um, i think y'all is just more yeah it's gender neutral it's welcoming 
Yeah, I think we talked. Was that on Sex and Science Hour? Yeah, where we it talked was. about that. Yeah, it and was. that was that's how I felt about it too. Like I was like, you know, this is one of the things the South really got right. Like it was like, mm-hmm. wow, like y'all is just it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said the same thing. Like that, you guys. Like I, I think that's one that people should just kind of let in. You know, it's like, all right, let's let this one slide. But I, I get it. I, you know, I understand why some people have issue. So. We're not anyway. going to just let the guys in and let oh, it slide. Hey, hey, hey. Far be it for me to, you know, make those kind of suggestions. I don't want any control over that stuff anyway. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so are we ready for some questions or did you have, did anybody have more? Um, No, let's go. Let's, let's do let's it. Let's just jump right in. Let's jump right in. Okay. How far, far are we in? Yeah, we've only been doing this for 10 minutes, so we're fine. This is okay, generally... a decent warm-up. Yeah, know. it's a good warm-up. Everybody's feeling good. Feeling okay. Good. All right. Feel good. Oh, yeah. All right, let's do this then. So, first one. Um, yeah, let's start off with the dating question. Then we'll go into the nudism. How about that? So we've got, good morning, Master Sovereign. So this was, well, anyway, it was targeted at me. From, all right, I won't read the call, whole who thing. Who calls you Master? There, there's, there's a... Do you have slaves? Uh, do you have subs out there that I don't know about hey, or something? Look, Nothing wrong with that. No, that. just I it's would great. like to know about it. I mean, well, geez. I mean, if it's any help, the same person calls you, you know, Mistress Stephanie. Ooh. Oh, well, so, they must. They sound oh, kind of so submissive. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, they can call me Mistress Stephanie. Yeah. 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 I got a little bit of a dominant streak. Yeah. You guys have some cool listeners. <laughs> oh, we do. they are awesome. They are awesome. This this one in particular is pretty cool. So anyway, I'll, well, I'll just read the whole question as it is because it was more directed at me. But since you know. I've you find ladies here. I figured what the hell. So, all right. From one dude in his mid thirties to another, which I'll give my mid thirties take. Um, what's your opinion on age differences in dating? And it is just this, this short of a, of a question. Oh, that's so, vague. Yeah. And it's, there it's, could be a lot of, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, I you think, well, the face that MK is making, <laughs> I wish we had video. Uh, but you know, well, I'll, I'll pare it down at points. So, but I, I think there's there's a good start off with it being kind of a, a, a vague range. Um, so, yeah, with differences, you know, age differences in dating. Mm-hmm. Like, so, all right, if I said to you, what do you think about a guy who's, well, all right, he's starting off in the mid-30s. What if it's a guy who's like, say, 35, and they're going out with an 18-year-old? What do you say? Um. I think before we go into specific examples, sure. I, w- I would like to talk about the general um, philosophy of it. Okay. I guess. Like, yeah, I figure we could, but okay. Yeah. So the problem with dating somebody or having an, a relationship with somebody or just having sex with somebody, any kind of intimate relationship where there's an age difference is the potential for there to be a power imbalance where one person has a lot more power than the other one does. Right. And they could abuse that power potentially to traumatize the other person, to take advantage of them somehow, to hurt them, um, or to, you know, or just, um, that it doesn't even have to be a conscious thing. It would just be, it would just sort of happen by virtue of the fact that the one person has so much more power than the other one. And this power would develop, would you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, this power would develop, uh, not, it's not necessarily a physical like power over a person. It's not necessarily physical power. It's, um, sometimes it comes from life experience. It's it's basically just life experience because like it or not, like there are, there are many young people who are precocious, meaning that they're, 
They're kind of, I guess, a little bit wise beyond their years. They're they're smart for their age. Sure. You know? They're sharp, clever, um, intelligent, um, creative. They've got a lot of talent. And so, yeah, you can have all those things when you're young. But the one thing that you can only have with age is life experience. Yeah. And sometimes life experience adds up to a lot more uh, a lot more power mm-hmm. than all those other things, talent and intelligence and precociousness and all that. So I think that's like the biggest problem. It's also obviously if you're talking about power imbalances in relationships, um, there's always going to be at least little ones and potentially maybe medium sized ones or big ones. Um, because it's influenced by other things. For example, if you have a boss who's dating their employee, that's a power imbalance because right. the the employee could be fired by the boss if the relationship goes bad, or they might be afraid to report, you know, some misconduct, or they might get inside information from the like. So that's like a direct product of byproduct of hierarchy, though, right? Yeah, so that right. the, the hierarchy in that case is kind of creeping into the personal relationship. The work, mm-hmm. the platonic work hierarchy is creeping into the personal right. relationship. Then there's the idea of, um, you know, power imbalances based on other social factors like race, class, and gender, right? If you're dating someone who has a lot more money than you, that could be a power imbalance as well. We see that all the time in sugar daddy and sugar mama relationships, mm. where there's often an age difference and a money or class difference um, or a difference of means, I guess you could say. I get, I don't know. Um, I don't know if class is the right word, but there's, there is a different money is power. Everybody knows that, right? Everybody knows money equals power. And so if you date someone who has a lot more wealth than you do, that can afford them the ability to... Um, do certain things that maybe you don't have the ability to do. And maybe maybe you want them to. Maybe you want to be able to use their resources to accomplish things, and so you stay with them longer than you would have, or you date them at all when you wouldn't have otherwise if they didn't have sure. all that money, right? So the, those, are some imba- those are some examples of power imbalances in relationships. And, you know, some people are okay with power imbalances in relationships, and obviously it's a degree, right? It's It's not like... One person has power and the other one doesn't. There's always degrees, right? So there might be a small power imbalance in a relationship between a man and a woman because in a lot of social situations, men have more power than women do. I know everybody's going to bring out the F word and call me a bitch and for saying that, but um, <laughs> hopefully hopefully not on your Patreon feed. But like, met, you know, men have... Um, you know, men have power in certain situations where women don't. And so there could be a small imbalance in every heterosexual relationship because of that. Um, but when then then when you start throwing in other power imbalances, maybe it gets too imbalanced to mm. be a functional relationship. And so obviously it's a fine line, right? In some cases, it's clear cut, right? right. In some cases, it's, it's obvious that... Um, this is not likely to be a very functional relationship. But in some cases, it's not so clear cut. And there is no committee that decides whether two people can date each other or more than two people or whatever, right? Oh, there's another example of a power imbalance. Like if you have a triad of people, there's a very common situation where called unicorn hunting, right? They're looking for unicorns, Mm -hmm. where it's a heterosexual couple and they're looking for a woman, a single 
hot, bisexual woman who likes both of them equally and is only allowed to have sex with both of them at the same time and wants to join their relationship, their existing relationship. And there, there is a power imbalance there because couples do have a certain amount of privilege, especially heterosexual couples in mm-hmm. society. They can do things that single people can't. They can save money on things. They can do other, you know, they get... Um, socially sanctioned like people appreciate people like the heterosexual couple as an institution i guess they mm-hmm. right. they respect them they get you know they get um their relationship gets recognized by society as valid and important and normal um they have more resources and have more yeah. resources yeah they may they may have more resources and um the single woman um you know may not have as many uh, it definitely doesn't have that privilege of being seen as stable and in a monogamous committed relationship and recognized as valid by society, Um, especially if she joins their relationship and they become a triad. And she also has all these conditions that are put on her usually. That's why they're called unicorns, because nobody wants to put up with that shit. You know, like, (laughs) no, there's there's not that many single, hot, bisexual women out there that want to join an existing couple, but only if they conform to all these rules and regulations, like you have to like both of them equally or something. Mm. Um, and you have to spend equal time with both of us and you can't like encroach on our existing relationship, but you're going to join it on our terms. I mean, so that's why unicorns are called unicorns, because it's rare that you'll find that kind of arrangement. They um, usually don't exist. They, yeah. they don't yeah, exist. Absolutely. Yeah, So that could be another example of, of a power imbalance in a relationship. And like I was saying before, there is no committee that decides whether people can date each other. Um, so. Obviously, these are questions you have to kind of work out for yourself, and that comes with life experience, too. Um, Figuring out how much of a power imbalance you're willing to um, roll with in a relationship, right? And maybe Mm -hmm. a person is great, so they're kind of worth it. But um, when you're the older party or the party that has more power... I think you're extra responsible for trying to make sure there's enough egalitarianism in the relationship to make it functional and healthy for the other person. You you sort of have almost, I would not like a duty or obligation, but it's, it's the decent human being thing to do. If you Mm -hmm. care about this other person to not want to expose them to a major power imbalance that might traumatize or damage them or, or fuck with their life in a bad way. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah, and it's a pretty common thing for most heterosexual men who are, you know, up to middle age and older to want to date women between the ages of what like 17 and 25. Yeah. I mean, who does like honestly, so um I mean as far as I, I agree with I saw, everything Stephanie said. I saw a said. thing that said like it was a poll or something that it was like a study on men and who they look at on dating websites. And no matter what age the man was, yes. they always looked at 22-year-old women as the most attractive. Right. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And I mean. Whereas women tended to look at men that were closer to their own age. Hmm. Right. Right. As more attractive. Yeah. Sorry. I will shut up now. So, <laughs> so yeah. Like there, you have to be conscious of these power imbalances and with age comes responsibility and 
So to kind of go off of your example, is it okay for a 35-year-old man to to date an 18-year-old woman? I mean, again, like, I don't make the rules, you know, I should there be a law against it? I don't think so. But I think you should be doing some serious self-reflection if you have the same emotional maturity as a 35-year-old man as an 18-year-old woman does. And yeah, there is no substitute for experience. She's not going to be as experienced as you, as intelligent as she is. Um, and, you know, maybe she could be more intelligent than you um, in a lot of ways. Um, but that's just... I I think there is some responsibility that goes along with it. I think that's too big of an age gap. And I think that um, once you get older, that's less of an issue. Like, uh, I think, you know, people above the age of about 25 or so, the age gap difference becomes less important. Like, right. my parents were 12 years apart. Oof. And it would have been weird if my dad was dating my mom, like when she was an 18 year old woman, but they didn't meet until her late 20s. Ah, okay. So it was. So then he was 40 and. Yeah, so he was in his 40s. And I think that was a more kind of equitable power dynamic. Sure. Basically. And that makes sense. And I mean, my ex husband was a little bit older than me, um, but I do think we were at the same maturity level. But he was only like, there was only a four year difference, um, right. even though we met when uh, we were both really young. Um, but yeah, I think you should really be doing some um, kind of reflection on that. And, uh, you know, just because the law says someone's, you know, ready at, you know, to date anyone in 18, I, you know, I think you really need to be thinking a little bit more about it. And just the because you can doesn't mean you should, which is a very common thing that comes up with. Yeah, that. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. um, and yeah, it is, it is creepy. And then like below the age of 18, I mean, again, it's hard to, I mean, I, I, I do tend to kind of generalize with age. I think that's totally fine. Like I'm also not, you know, I don't know if, all laws should be abolished in that <laughs> regard. You know, like I think you can generally say that, you know, 18 is probably a good age. Um, or maybe, you know, maybe 16 to 18 is probably a good age that people are becoming self-aware enough, uh, you know, to be able to experiment. But yeah, with people who are much older than them, it's, it's kind of creepy. Honestly, it's weird. Um, now you if know, it's two 18 year olds, no, yeah, now if the power, yeah, if the age differences are much closer, then yeah, that's less of an issue. I mean, yeah, I, I can imagine there are a lot of maybe, you know, 17 year olds who are just as experienced as maybe some people in their early 20s. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, above that, when you get into the 30s, I think that. Going below twenty is a little bit. It's, yeah, I I wouldn't cross that really, line either. Yeah, I wouldn't cross that line. Um, I feel like I, I don't have anything lot... in common with someone. I was with about that to say age. exactly that, like, and that, that's kind of another issue you have with such a big gap in ages. At, at a certain point, you know, you're not going to get certain cultural references. You're not going to have that much in common yeah. with someone. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't want to date someone ten years my junior. I'm like twenty seven, and I can't imagine. I can't even imagine being around a group of 17 to 20 year olds for any extended period of time and like enjoy keep your hair. that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what would we talk about? Like, and I would, I have so much, you know, so much of a, you know, jump ahead in life experiences. And like, I just don't think I would have very much in common with them. Um, so yeah, I mean, we were going to get to specific ages. I mean, that's, 
I guess the kind of answer. But yeah, it comes down to life experience and being aware of power dynamics and being conscious of that. I mean, yeah, of course, I'm sure that desire is there. Like, yeah, dudes are going <laughs> to want a fucking 18-year-old girl. Like, that's, you know, a common thing to want to do. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you necessarily should. Um and again, like at some point you just know, like at some point as a 35 year old dude, how like I'm just having a hard time again, me like being closer to that age, barely having anything in common with someone that age, like or even mm-hmm. like if I wanted to date like a, a boy that age or something too, I, like I just, God, I just like can't even imagine what we would talk at past a certain point we have to have some something in common and there has to be some kind of like intellectual connection there and um, for it to last for it to last. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. No, it's, it's something that gives me a cringy kind of feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I would really. say when you're in your thirties, a 10 year, when you're in your early thirties, I don't know. Or when, okay. Blanket rule in your thirties, do not go below 20. I'm just sure. gonna. I'm just gonna say I, that. I think that's fair. Yeah, and I, yeah, I think that's fair enough. Um, you know, use your discretion and and also like, if the if the younger person right, wants a like... relationship, that happens, right? Those relationships happen. Younger people can get totally enamored with older people, yeah. and they can get really hot for them. Mm-hmm. I know. I've been there. Okay, I was that sixteen and seventeen year old who thought I was smart and I had it all figured oh, out. Same here. And yeah, every fucking sixteen and seventeen and eighteen year old girl thinks that they think they are the one exception that is so smart and so mature for their age, but. Nothing replaces life experience. Nothing. Well, so, yeah, and I I agree with everything that's been said so far. Absolutely. Um, I would add on, too, because I think some people would would, would caveat with something along the lines of what if somebody, like, has, like, a ton of experience, you know, in their early life. I mean, like myself, you know, I had a ton of experience. I mean, actually, when I was 18, I was dating a woman that was 34. Um, And, I mean, she wasn't the only woman I was dating either. But the thing is, you can have that experience, you know, but at the same time, like you don't have the timeline, you don't have the years on you to where you can accurately gauge whether or not that experience you had was normal Uh or, you know, or if it's okay. So you still have to have that time. It doesn't matter how much experience gets compacted into a young person's life. Um, You really need that time to be able to assess I think, you know, what, what's actually, you know, what happened to you, what, what's going right. on. Yeah. And, and as the older maturity is such a big thing too. Oof. I mean, you can't really emotional maturity develops over time, regardless of how much experience you have, you know, with something. And that's, that just takes time. Like there's no people's brains. You can't jump ahead and do that. Sure. People's frontal lobes are still myelinating up to age 25, which means basically the part of your brain that makes decisions and assesses risks and does judgments is still forming. And so in the average. Right. Well, yeah. Or is that across the board? That's pretty much across the board. No, that's Um, good. That's good. It's a biological reason. Basically what that means Mm -hmm. is in your late teens and early 20s, a lot of people have this problem where they take risks that they wouldn't take when they get older and have more life experience, but also have more developed brain that makes those hopefully Mm. those rational decisions. But yeah, um, a lot of people do that. And it's it's just that, you know, 
you not only are you figuring life out, you're having a lot of experiences for the first time, but also that part of your brain that puts the brakes on and says, whoa, maybe this isn't a good idea, especially when there's alcohol involved, you know, is is kind of like not completely caught up yet to the rest of your brain. So you may want to do things that you don't realize are very dangerous and risky. Um, and I'm not saying like dating an older person is necessarily always dangerous or mm-hmm. risky. Yeah. But basically, I really think as the older person, you have that perspective. You've already been 18 and you know what it was like to think that you were the smartest and most precocious and most mature 18 year old in the world. And looking back on it from your 30s, you can probably say, well, that may not have been completely true. <laughs> yeah, but that, <laughs> right? that requires a, a degree of self-awareness that certainly I think a lot of guys don't have. Um, well, that, maybe that they, they can... do have it, but their cloud, you know, their judgment can get clouded by lust or whatever or, you know, by by attraction to somebody. That happens. Everybody. It, it happens to everybody. I won't say I'm immune from that. Right. Have you ever been haven't you ever been really attracted to someone and. A part of your brain is saying, eh, maybe this isn't such a great idea, but sure. then that part of the brain gets ignored and silenced because you're so attracted to that person. I've been there. Sure, everybody has. But as the older person, you are responsible for having been 18 or 17 or 16 or however old your potential partner is and and, re- and realizing, looking back on it, um, that even if they're saying they really want you to, they really want this relationship, you know, there might be some caveats to that, that only you are really aware of right now. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I understand what you're, I, I told. I get it. Like, I'm, I just, I think there's a lot of people who've never mentally left high school. And yeah. like, never. And they are not going to say to themselves, I didn't have it figured out at 18. They're going to say, oh, no, I've had this licked you know, for, for 15, <laughs> 20 years. And, and that's, so I, I get, you're right. Like, but I, I, sadly, I don't think a lot of people are going to have that. Fair. Wherewithal. And you know what? I'm not, those relationships. I mean, when it's, when it's in the legal area, like I'm not really gonna do, there's not much I'm going to do about it. Right. If I sure. hear about an, a relationship with an age difference like that, I might kind of cringe. Um, mm-hmm. but likely unless it's someone I know, well, i I might, you know, maybe talk to the younger partner if I knew them and cared about them. But yeah, and we're not trying to like infantilize like people who might be, you know, 18 and dating someone older. I mean, that's not really my kind of thinking on it, saying that they lack experience and possibly emotional maturity is it's just factual, really. I mean, and it's, you know, it's something that they eventually learn. And I mean, you know, maybe a lot of these relationships aren't aren't always traumatic or harmful to the younger person but you do have to just be extremely careful and i mean it's just probably better to you know get to know that person as a friend and like really wait until they've matured and you've matured too i mean if you're wanting to pursue a serious relationship or something like just take time with it like i mean Mm. If, if the if person's really, if it does seem like something really special and you know you're both kind of on the same page or whatever but yeah i mean be aware of the power imbalance like it's it's a little it's messed up it can be messed up it can oh, yeah. be it can really, be predatory really for yeah, sure it can be very predatory because all relationships whether there's an age difference or not all relationships have the potential to end in hurt heartbreak mm-hmm. or emotional damage um, that kind of thing. When the person breaks up with you, you feel really hurt and sad and rejected or, you know, 
potentially physical harm of some kind, like they pass on an STI to you or mm-hmm. you get, pre- get you knocked up or something like that. So relationships can hurt any relationship. It's it's enough to deal with the potential of a relationship hurting you when you're the same age as the other person. But when there's a large age difference, um, it can be even magnified because maybe that's the first time they're experiencing love, the younger yeah. partner. Maybe that's the first time they feel this way about somebody else and it could hurt them way more, you know, um, or maybe, you know, just for various reasons, it it could have the power to hurt even more. So. I like what Dan Savage says about those kinds of relationships where it's, you know, one partner is a lot younger. Try to observe the campsite rule and leave them better than you found them. Don't like leave a messy campsite, right? Don't leave behind a partner who you really hurt and yeah. And uh and treat like not very well. Yeah. All right, so if you're going to cult- if you're going to date a younger person, to try to keep that in mind. So be, you're a cultural a Marxist. Partner. Got it, right. Okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> Why am I a cultural Marxist? No. I mean, what what else do you think, MK? I mean, do you have any other any other thoughts on it? I do have other questions involved with this that, that I want to ask you. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a really good way to put it. Uh be extremely cautious. And I mean, yeah, again, like you know, you're not entitled to date people in the most preferred age range ever okay Mm. like find some people your own age i guarantee you you're gonna have more in common with them and you can still date people younger than you that you know like again go to go back to the example of 35 year old dating an 18 year old i mean that just seems like too big of an age gap and i mean maybe try to find someone five years younger you're going to have more in common and you know if if you're attracted to i don't know well, I mean, you could find someone your own age, too. There's just as many people you can be attracted to, I think, at, you know, a wide range of uh, ages. Um, so, I, uh, but yeah, like, I think below a certain age, like when you're in your 30s, it's just a bit creepy and most of the time creepy and weird. And, um, but then like past that, it's less so. I mean, like, I, you know. I've known people with huge age range differences um, and it's been fine, but they usually met when they were both fully developed adults, you know, their frontal lobe had developed and they were able (laughs) to make, you know, better decisions on how have better long-term thinking and emotional maturity and experiences. Okay. So, well then let's, let's switch it up. What if it's, um, I don't know, 25 year old or 30 year old, and maybe there's a difference there. And if there is, you can call it going out with a 60 year old or a 65 year old like what what do you think about that i find that a little bit interesting because um it's hard for me to imagine being attracted to somebody that you know for somebody in their 20s or 30s to be attracted to a 60 year old okay um i mean it does happen for sure <laughs> oh yeah i mean like you said you, you know like you both said kind of one you know one of the power imbalances out there is money Mm-hmm. And, yeah. you know, a very wealthy 60 year old, I'm sure, could be very attractive in certain ways, mm-hmm. you know, to, I mean, man or woman, frankly. I mean, it does go both ways. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think, MK? I, I'm much more comfortable with that age range mm-hmm. um, because there is going to be more emotional maturity. And, you know, I think the issue of power dynamics is a little bit, while still complex, there isn't such a I guess a big power disparity 
Right. Um, Because, like, I'm trying to think, like, when I was maybe, yeah, like, slightly younger, like, I could think of some people in their 60s who I would find attractive. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and not because they had a lot of money. Right. Really, but, you know. Silver Fox. Michael Bolton. Or even, like, some women. I do Michael Bolton, I admit it. Yeah. Wow. All right. Confessions. No, I'm just kidding. I actually wouldn't, but I loved his Valentine's Day special on Netflix. (laughs) Yeah, but no, there there are a lot of people. uh, Let's see. I'm trying to think. I mean, there are several. Mark uh, Cuban. Mark Cuban. Oh, no, wait. Michael Bolton's one thing. Mark Cuban is a whole other. (laughs) Anyway, please continue, MK. But yeah, I mean, yeah, there. I mean, uh, isn't like Catherine Zeta Jones like sixty? No. Oh, she's pushing yeah. it. She's gorgeous. Yeah, you're right about I that. I mean, if I could get with her, like, true. Mask Zorro. Kathy yeah. Ireland is very attractive. Well, yeah. I don't know. The, well, all right, never mind. I'm not going down that road. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. but yeah, so like, I yeah, hypothetically speaking, I could think of people that I would be attracted to. Um, you know, that we're that much older. But again, I'm wondering how much we could really have in common Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, just as far as, like, getting cultural references and uh, taste in music and pop culture. The thing you would have in common is that you both want to (laughs) fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Basically, you're both attracted to... And, like, sometimes those power imbalances can turn people on. Like, some people are really into that stuff. So... Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I mean, as long as there's, you know, everyone's consenting and, um, you know, that I I do think like mid 20s is a, you know, you're much more developed in your mid 20s than -hmm. you are in your late teens. Like, obviously. Yeah. At least when you get into the 20s and 30s, you've got the brain in place. You may not have the money in place, but you got the brain, like fully functioning brain. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's your body. It's your life. You can do whatever you want with it. You know, you probably are are very aware of what's what's going on. Um, So yeah, I guess now that you mentioned those examples, MK, I guess I could be a little bit more open to that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I, you know, I wouldn't completely I guess, write someone off, but it wouldn't be, I guess, my first choice. You know, yeah. <laughs> I prefer to maybe take people a little bit closer to my age. Sure. Um, so, or, you know, maybe slightly older or whatever. But, um, but yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, on it. I mean, another, I guess another question I have for, for both of you is let's say, hmm, how exactly to how, to, how to put this? Mm-mm. No, not like that. <laughs> no. uh, I want to know what that was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do too. I'm off, off microphone, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay, so the Stephanie, you mentioned earlier, there is the statistic that, you know, guys, no matter how old they are, no matter their age, they're always looking at the 22 year old. Yeah. Right? Now, I'm aware of that statistic and, you know, for, I'm not saying I agree with this. I'm just saying that the argument goes for, from the guys is that, well, that's because that's breeding age. Like that's it's the biological. Per, it's a biological, like, like yeah. imperative. Eggs. To, eggs. <laughs> <laughs> eggs. <laughs> Brains. Get them eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I mean, like there's, you know, their argument is there's actually a very good excuse. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying that, that that's, that's a thing. I want to hear from both of your your responses to that idea. Okay. Well, I mean, I can empathize with that, right? Because when on a dating website, you're only seeing somebody 
based on their appearance. Like if you're swiping on Tinder, all you have to go on is a picture. So of course you're going to look at physical indicators of um, what what most people find attractive, which is be- like beauty, which is like health and fertility and mm-hmm. youth. Um, so I get it. I get why men are attracted to women in their 20s, no matter what age the man is. But again, are you looking for somebody to breed with or are you looking mm-hmm. for a relationship um <laughs> like what are your actual goals here right can you can you look past initial attraction and maybe more towards what you might have in common with that person uh-huh. and so i think dating websites are a little bit i don't know maybe a little bit of a skewed indicator but then again a lot of people start relationships nowadays on dating websites so so it's relevant to the to today's world so i I guess i don't really know what to make of it except to say that you know looks aren't everything and to a certain extent age and looks are very related you know sure okay mk Uh, what do you think i think men would use any justification (laughs) to try to sleep with people who are way younger than them um so i've heard that argument too like oh well it's just for fertile really is that really it like really you you want to make babies with every woman you want to fuck can we be real like (laughs) is that that's at the forefront of your brain like you're looking at at a woman you want to fuck being like i want to put babies in her and raise a family yeah can we be real about what people really want (laughs) you know like that is not the for at the forefront of most of their minds that's not why most um you know in in these statistics why most men are attracted to women that age like it's you know i think it's what what stephanie said i mean you know you you have certain indicators of attraction youth and you know beauty or more highly correlated like it's you know but it's um and and some people may make the argument oh well you know we that's why we desire people because it does go back to reproduction and stuff and i think that's kind of like a sad way to think of sex um well and it's it's <laughs> yeah, leaving the other half of the evolution of sex out of it and i bring this well, up yeah, all the time right. because evolution is as much a social action a social lubricant as it is about procreation and it co-evolved like the, the people got to get this word in yes. their head co-evolution yes. mm-hmm. not you know a lot of things don't just evolve for one purpose they evolve with two at the same exact time um and it makes sense why they do that you know like i mean even if you want to if you're that kind of person it's like well what about the behavioral psychology of it well think about it mm-hmm. and it makes a lot of sense that it does that so MK's giving a face right now. I'm sorry, I'm just thinking of like the other justification that someone would use saying that. It's like, I just really want to socially get along with this person. <laughs> I just want to interact just, deeply. Just like, yeah, like I just really want this social lubrication to be super smooth. <laughs> yeah. No, but like, you know the- I, I do agree with that. I do think, um, you know, that that's definitely an aspect too um but i but i i just wish people would be a little more honest about it and like not always try to tie it back to like oh it's just you know just about reproduction because it's obviously not that like that's Mm -hmm. you every person you sleep with is not necessarily who you want to make babies with you may not want to make babies at all (laughs) yeah right absolutely yeah right that the whole like baby making thing totally leaves out gay relationships and exactly i was just just about to say that yeah yeah like i was thinking about it like i'm attracted to women obviously if you don't know that by now you haven't been listening to the show um (laughs) 
I'm thinking I'm 32 years old. Um, so I'm thinking, would I sleep with a 42 year old woman? Oh, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> would I sleep with a 22 year old woman? Less likely, I think. Really? I think that's less likely. Yeah, I think I'm less likely to have much in common with her to get to the point. And why? I think I've, I would find her more annoying, but maybe yeah. that's like ju- a little judgmental. And like, <laughs> I don't want to like overgeneralize, maybe. Sure. Yeah, so. I mean, but then what does that 42 year old woman think of 32 year old me? Does she find me annoying? I don't, I hope not. I, uh, yeah, I'm not a college not. student, it's, right? But yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that's kind of interesting. In a way, um, when I'm 42, am I going to be a cougar? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but would I would I sleep with a 20 year old woman? No, no, mm. no. That's too young for me. It's past my personal boundaries. Well, but you know, I I know um, I know a heterosexual couple that has a 15 year age difference. Mm-hmm. They started dating when the woman was in her mid. 20s i think okay. and the guy was nearly like in his late 30s shy 40 sure right and they're like one of the best couples i know but they also this was not like oh you're hot i want to bang you this was like we are great life partners and we're made for each other and they talked about what's going to happen when i'm 60 and you're 75 uh-huh. and mm-hmm. they talked about it extensively and they actually hesitated to get into a relationship even though they felt like they were a great match because of the age difference so i think they had a lot of awareness around it but that's not the typical norm you know most people do not go into a situation like that with awareness they're just like oh can i get away with this yeah okay then it's fine Right. Yeah. And I, I kind of wonder like what mode I really wonder what motivated this question is the person looking for a permission slip. Do they want us to shame certain relationships? I'm not really interested in that. I'm not really interested in giving mm-hmm. permission slip either. Yeah. You know, right. Like I just yeah. do it. Even though I agree with you your want. little rule of like 30s. That's don't a, per- go below that's a personal rule for me. And uh, yeah. I think it's a good rule. You know, maybe other people would want to adopt it as well. But, um, you know, there might be exceptions to it. I don't know. Um, and obviously not everyone is going to follow my rule and I don't really care to do anything about that. So, <laughs> uh, so there you go. But, um, yeah, I really wonder like what actually motivated that question. Sure. Well, I don't know. So yeah, I know <laughs> like, all we can do is speculate. Yeah, like, yeah. I, yeah. I'd really like to know, I guess, more specifics. Like what did they mean by age difference? Cause it is so broad, but maybe they did just want to leave it broad and open-ended and just kind of hear a few different types of, you know, arguments or mm-hmm. conversations about different scenarios. Yeah. Um, so. I mean, I, I will say, I think this is a person that has done a lot of internal work. So, okay. you know, like that's my, my opinion based mm-hmm. upon who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I do want to kind of flip it on its head a little bit and mm-hmm. talk about something that, like, I, I think, and this is one of those double standards in culture, in, or at least in our society, in, in, you know, American culture or whatever. When you have the situation, say, where a young man, and I mean like teenager, maybe even 12, 13, 14, something like that, really young, um, say, I mean, and this has happened, and this is kind of why I want to bring it up, has stooped the teacher. Okay, oh, like, like an older the teacher. Mary Kay Letourneau and exactly. what's his name, Billy, Billy. Yeah. And so for, you know, because a lot of people were cheering for that, that young guy. 
I mean, like a lot of guys were really cheering for him, saying, good job getting with that teacher. Yeah. He was like 13 or yes. 12 when they got young. together, though. I always thought that was really messed up. Yeah. I don't care. Like, And I know, yeah, I know it is kind of like laughed about and people make jokes about it. And as far as I know, they're still together and like started a family. Yeah, they have kids. That. They have yep. kids. And I mean, so yeah, I mean, I guess, okay, that's one example of something that maybe... And we don't even know how traumatic it was, really. Mm-hmm. But I'm still totally creeped out by it. I, you know, I try to apply the same standards, you know, when it comes to age differences for all genders. Yeah. I mean, I really think that, like, while there may be some differences in levels of maturity um, between genders, I still think. It, again, the power imbalance between a mm. teacher and a student is so great that it gets into unethical territory. And yep. so, and yeah. It's just it's, like that boss employee, like Stephanie was mm. saying. Yeah. Right. And it's, people joke about it. It's like, oh, that guy's so lucky. Like if a high school student is caught sleeping with his older female teacher. And I still think that's messed up. I think it's I it's an exploitation. It's kind of exploitative and it's the power dynamics are all messed up. And I mean, we, just because that kid's, you know, maybe really horny or whatever and wanted to get with that teacher. And, you know, they like consent seemed like it was, you know, given still doesn't mean it was really okay, And still doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that, like, maybe, you know, there wasn't trauma happening. And I mean, I'm really I think it's pretty messed up either way. Yeah. Well, you hit you hit on what I think is is really kind of the answer to that. I mean, and not that this person was asking this question. I'm just I'm kind of doubling down on the whole, you know, the whole conversation we're having. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because everybody, a lot of people rightfully said, look, if that was if the genders were reversed in that situation, like, oh, I think par- it would have been perceived been fle- differently. Oh, yeah. yeah there there yeah. would have been a witch hunt. I mean, it would have been I mean, or, it, you know people coming down the street with, you know, their torches and pitchforks, mm-hmm. the whole thing to, you know, skewer this male teacher. If again, if the genders were reversed, it would have been a male mm-hmm. teacher and it would have been a young gal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think, you know, and I can, I can kind of understand this. I can remember being a teenager and thinking like I had a math teacher. I'll just call her Mrs. D. I, I, I won't mention her name. And I thought, I was like, wow, she is gorgeous. She is like, like I would, I totally want something, Mm. you know, and, but looking back on that, when I do is, you know, reflection on that. If she was interested in you, it would have been fucked up. Well, well, but reflecting on it, like I didn't want a relationship. Yes. And that's the key point is that I didn't want a relationship, even if I thought in my young mind, and this speaks to that power dynamic, like that I wouldn't have, I didn't have the separation of relationship and sex necessarily, mm-hmm. which, I mean, there, you know, there, there can be a degree of separation there. Um, but that's the key point is that we're, what we're saying here really solves that whole, I think, enigma is that, look, the person's not developed. They don't understand, you know, sex and relationships at that point. They don't realize that they're just wanting to kind of get off or they're, you know, something like, go ahead, MK, what do you got? Yeah. Well, and it's really sexist um, to say that, oh, well, it's okay for a male student to have an affair with his teacher because, oh, well, you know how horny teenage boys are. Um, I was a teenager. I was a pretty horny teenager. <laughs> the horny, you know, teenage girls are just as horny. And I mean, I remember there were certain teachers that I thought were, you know, mm-hmm. hot. And I was sure. like, oh, man, like hot for teacher. And it would have been inappropriate <laughs> even then. Um because yeah, it, because it's inappropriate because of the power dynamics and and yeah, it, it does kind of feed into these ideas about men and women and all of this kind of cultural baggage of and 
sexist baggage of like, oh, well, you know, it's okay that things happen to men because they're hornier than women. And that's actually just not true, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. on <laughs> right. on any level. It's it's an assumption that's made that's just has been proven over and over again and not be true. Sure. Yeah. You know, I just I want to tell a quick funny story. So I was at a concert. Uh, it was a Demi Lovato concert. I'm not going to go into why I was at this concert. Okay. But I was taking people to it. Let's, you know, I'll just leave it at that. Okay. And I thought it was the weird, it was the weirdest damn thing. She was about to do this at the time. This was probably, oh, I guess now that'd be about 10 years ago. Not, you know, eight, nine, 10 years ago, something like this. So Demi Lovato was a teenager kind of at the time. And she was singing this song or she, she was doing like kind of an opening monologue to this song. And she's like, she's saying, she's like, you know, have you ever had anybody really break your heart and like talking about this really traumatic relationship and everything? And I just start looking around and I'm like, what the average age? Uh, I mean, it's, it's mostly, you know, you know, girls here and the average age is probably like eight. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is she saying? You know, like, like, I mean, not, that's not to say that that young people, I mean, they're little humans and they can experience traumas and heartbreak in all kinds of ways. But I'm like, what exact like relationships? Like, who is she talking to right. when she's saying this yeah, sort of thing? It was a very strange. Uh, do you have any thought on that, MK? I mean, what, what, what do you think when you hear that kind of story? Well, I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Like, it's yeah, if your audience weird. is that young. But I mean, that's a lot of pop music. It's about like yeah. love and heartbreak and relationships and stuff that the kids listening to it really have no concept of. I mean, I remember listening to pop music as a kid and like, you know, like whatever, like whatever boy band was singing about, like heartbreak and stuff like that. <laughs> and I remember singing along and liking the music, but really having no concept of mm-hmm. what they were even talking about right um it's just catchy and it sounds cool and i uh, but yeah it was the should the content be more relatable to the age group I, like i don't know like it's i it mean i granted what do you sing appealing. about like like really what do you you know yeah. what do you sing about like well you know my, my dog yeah. truck broke my dog or something. ate my I mean, homework uh, and uh, this fucking school sucks it's a prison well but, and <laughs> kids like to like to imagine that they're older and you know like i think that's a you know part yeah. of the appeal of like listening to you know certain types of pop music and stuff too i mean they're singing a long time i mean like growing up i i grew up on like blues and rock and roll and stuff and i remember like singing along to the lemon song as a kid like <laughs> let's let it having no concept what yeah. that was about until i got much older I, I just liked the way it sounded um and it made me it made it took me out of my own head and experience as like a kid and, and I, I don't know like Maybe that's now that sounds like a really bad example. (laughs) But, you know, like it takes you out like or like listening to like Britney Spears. uh, Like when I was growing up, Britney Spears was a big thing. So you listen to these love songs. And I would imagine going through that, like going through breaking up with my the love of my life or, you know, a future partner or something like that. And you, I don't know, it's just part of the appeal of music is like you're using your imagination and kind of going into a different world and. Like when you read a book too, like you're imagining that you're this character in a story, maybe. Right. And um, so, I mean. Well, I think that. Yeah, I was going to say, I think that adds to the confusion of like, you know, when you don't have the actual experience that guess what? This isn't how every relationship goes. You base all your. I mean, yeah, I just. What else do you have to go on? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And I wonder if that causes a lot of problems and, and is something worth thinking about 
when if, if you're an older person then you're looking at younger you know going with younger people yeah i think i think my parents were concerned about that when i was young like 10 11 12 you uh-huh. know kind of going through puberty age like they were really concerned about the music i listened to and maybe that was one reason why you know, well, they just didn't want me to, I don't know. I'll tell you what's creepy. Just adult. There weren't good messages in like a lot <laughs> no, of No, of course songs. not. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't understand what it meant. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. Well, right. Like, I would listen to rap music and I didn't, I didn't know what they were talking about really. Cindy Lauper's She Bop. Like, uh-huh. that's all about masturbating. Yeah. But like, mm-hmm. I know, I've seen, you know, like I, I know there were, there were, you know, girls, I fuck you know six eight nine years old i don't know i mean they and they're just seeing this stuff or like those creepy we were talking about this the other day stephanie there's these creepy i don't know if you're do you remember kids bop these mm-hmm. these cds that were for sale yeah the, creepy yeah. as fuck they be, are creepy because it's these little kids singing these songs and like they'll be singing nickelback no comment on that please um you know <laughs> they'll, they'll be singing like all kinds of like you know these really deep like heartfelt or, or like heartbreak songs or stuff that's like really very adult, like super adult content. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that, that just comes off as so fucking strange. I yeah. I don't dig it. Yeah. I mean, some of the cartoons and movies that we watched as a kid too, like, Oh God. Oh, there was like so much violence in there that you don't even notice and like just fucked up shit. Like what was Ren and Stimpy? You know? <laughs> like, I right. love Ren and Stimpy, but like, <laughs> yeah Not appropriate so i think I moral know. of the story you gotta you gotta let young people figure out how reality actually works you know because if it's going to be all based on like words that they hear you saying to them and that comes from some kind of song or who knows what i don't know well um, yeah maybe there isn't as much discussion around that like it you know maybe i think in a lot of ways like maybe parents don't want to talk to their kids about these subjects because it's kind of uncomfortable and like whatever, but you have to do it anyway. Okay. You know, like that's, and I, and you know, I don't know how serious kids take the messages that they're getting from pop music. Um, Cause like, I also don't want to be like, Oh, well you like, you know, I listened to like a lot of punk as a teenager and I mean like as much as like I sang about like throwing bricks through Starbucks windows like I wasn't gonna actually do it, you know? <laughs> Oh come on. <laughs> you were gonna do it. Do it yeah. Okay, yeah. I kinda wanna do it. But I, few, I love that song too. Baby I'm an anarchist. Yeah. 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 I love that song too, but I wouldn't do that either. in fact there was actually a time in my life when I was listening to that song and I was like that's so like red and black. Like they don't respect property rights. Oh. That's the difference between <laughs> them. <and I'm> like, <laughs> difference between them and real anarchists, right? Yeah. <laughs> and caps. Uh, so right. anyway, yeah. Did you have a, a, a last Just point you want to make? One last point yes, on please. the age thing, um, and then we can move on. Yes, I um, I know somebody who's a it's a woman in her late thirties, and she dates on OkCupid and other online dating apps in a major city. And I see her post sometimes on Facebook about like her experiences with OkCupid. She'll post like shitty messages that she gets and like yeah. ridiculous like fuck ups that she receives, usually always from men. Um, <laughs> and she is an Asian woman, so she gets a lot of men who like fetishize her ethnicity and stuff uh-huh. um and she gets these messages from like early 20s guys and she said she's she basically is open about the fact that she's tried fucking some of them 
And she's in her late 30s. She's probably okay. pushing 40. So she's tried getting with some 23-year-old guys. And she says they are just the worst at sex. They're just all like frat boys that don't know how to please a woman but think they do. And it it may it always makes me wonder, like, what is so great about having sex? Like, people say they want to have sex with virgins. Oh, you want to have sex with someone who's sexually inexperienced and has no clue what the fuck they're doing? What's the appeal <laughs> there? case face. <laughs> right? Like, okay, you want them to remember you for the rest of your life? Is that really just narcissism, right? Like, you want to be there first so they always remember you? Okay, that's kind of weird. I mean, yeah. it, it just doesn't, like, a virgin is not good at sex. And also people who are sexually inexperienced are generally not good at sex. And people who have less life experience in general because they're younger also tend to be not as experienced at sex and probably not as good at it. And so, yeah, that's that's another thing about age differences in relationships that makes me a little bit wary. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and it's also why I probably, I, I don't think I would, at this point, I'm 32, I don't think I would really go much more than five years younger. Okay. I just, because nothing in common and also just mismatch. All right. Well, I have, I, I have a point I want to bring up about that. MK, do you have any thoughts on on all that? No. Okay. So there is a theory out there that that people who uh, had sex before the internet was a thing. Uh, generally, this is a theory towards guys. Fuck differently than ones that you know, had the internet as they, as they grew up, like, like that, yeah. that that's a, that, that is somehow, a, especially with guys is somehow a real problem because like of the uh, expectations porn. of like body hair stuff and things, all like kinds that, of shit. Or, and well, yeah, and porn, do, how, yeah. right. How they even stoop, you know, all of that, like, like that it's, I mean, what, what do you, what do you think about that theory? Um, so I was on the cusp of the internet generation. Right. I started having the internet when I was maybe 13 or 14. Okay. And yeah, I did see some internet porn when I was that age. It was probably too early for me to see it. Um, I also look, got a great sex education on the internet because I looked up questions that I was curious about and I found age-appropriate and also pleasure-focused education about sex. And I learned how to like I learned how to masturbate because I looked it up on the internet. I didn't. I had no clue. I tried rubbing myself. It didn't work. You know. Yeah, because the argument <laughs> like, is is that they're inferior. Like that if you were one of the ones that started having sex after the internet mm-hmm. became a thing, that you're inferior at sex. So okay, so that's but that's a great so, counterpoint that you're bringing up. Yeah. So, but I mean, but I was at the very early edge of the internet before it was like all porn like there were actually text-based websites that you could go and read about sexuality yeah like, i think there used to be this website called like sexuality.org or something mm-hmm. and i would read some articles on there and it was very it was very helpful because i definitely didn't get any pleasure focused sex ed in school that said it's okay to masturbate yeah, no you know <laughs> yeah. um so and i was curious about it so and i couldn't there's there were no books in my house that i could read so i went to the internet and that really helped so i'm glad i had that I feel like um, there is some truth to that, that if you grew up watching internet porn and that was your earliest concept of sex Mm -hmm. and you just saw the videos with no explanation that, hey, this is fantasy and these are things that are kind of on the extreme end. This is not like beginner level sex. This is like varsity level sex that you're watching. Like if you just saw that with no explanation or background or context, I think, yeah, it would... 
I think it would skew your ideas about sex. It would definitely affect your ideas about sex sure. in a way that I personally wouldn't like in a partner. So um, there is maybe some truth to that, maybe a lot of truth to it. However, I don't want to fall into the trap of saying like, it's. It almost sounds like a variation of kids these days. You right, know? right, right. Oh, kids these days—they're all having sex in fucked up ways, right? Yeah. Everybody's. Every older generation <laughs> has been saying that about every group of quote kids these days since the beginning of time. So you know, technology and life changes. Deal with it. Younger people might have generally the younger generations might have different attitudes about sex than you. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a good reason to kind of aim for your age range if you want a partner who's compatible and sure. that you don't have to, like, you know, wrangle with these issues over. Sure. MK, what do you say? Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think it can be, you know, maybe a little bit of a mixed bag because, yeah, I mean, I found a lot. I found out about sex, you know, a lot from the Internet, just mm-hmm. like doing Internet searches and just, you know, being generally curious and stuff like that but i think i did avoid a lot of the kind of expectations that are placed on you um and i have heard other people complain about that mostly women complaining about like uh oh well men expect you to be like waxed and look like a porn star and nah. stuff like and want to like do anal on the and, first time yeah and, like <laughs> you know maybe be more like you know sexually adventurous than you may want to be um and so i have heard that is it's kind of a problem um I just don't tolerate that behavior, I guess. Like, I don't yeah. give a shit. Good like, for you. I'm just like, yeah, don't right. put up with that you know? shit. Like, it's, I don't, you know, obviously, I mean, you know, it's it's okay to have preferences for things, but, um, but yeah, like, submitting to any kind of pressure, anything that makes you uncomfortable is definitely not cool. But I also think, at least what I've been kind of seeing in younger generations, like, I've seen, like, some YouTube series about this. I think the issue of consent is being more talked about. Mm. And I think that's a really good thing that the Internet has brought up. Sure. Um, you're seeing this being discussed more on college campuses and in the general population even. And I think, you know, it's a it's such an important, it's like, one of the most important discussions you can have. So I think it's made that conversation more accessible to more people uh because that's also something i mean you kind of get that discussion in sex ed mm-hmm. um but i think that um now people are um becoming more comfortable with talking about it and there's notions like enthusiastic consent which i think you know is a much better way of consenting to something than just being like no means no or like you know, or, you know, it's it's better at maneuvering kind of gray areas with consent too. like, you know, if someone's not saying like, fuck yes, then like maybe you should be a little hesitant yeah. at getting with them or, or whatever. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I see what you're saying. Like, I think there are maybe some bad things that come out that came out of, you know, maybe people watching too much porn or something and having like these weird expectations for what their partner should be and what kind of acts they should be doing um, immediately. But I also think there's a lot of educational tools that yeah. older generations didn't have or, or maybe didn't even care to have those discussions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think at the end of the day, and and this leads in nicely to our next question, and we've already been going for like an hour, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, this is a long one, but uh, we'll, we'll try and like make, make the next couple things brief, I guess, um, depending on, you know, how you all are feeling. But um, 
yeah, I mean, I think we, you really got to destigmatize like sex in general, because the only thing that like, if the concern is, is that porn is creating unrealistic expectations or it's creating unhealthy attitudes of what sex should even look like or be like, and all of this, the only way to combat that is to put the right stuff, quote unquote on the internet you know Mm -hmm. like i mean like that's you can create better porn and better porn is being made yes it is absolutely there's some great stuff out there uh, yeah yeah you know the featuring a wide range of bodies and Mm. you know sexuality types and stuff like that yeah that's the real like solution if this is actually a problem you know what this theory that i you know that i described um in my opinion that's and, and i agree like the consent thing is fantastic you know that that's actually a conversation finally um because I know in the nineties, you never, I'd like that word didn't even come up for anything. So anyway, is that it on that? Yeah. I, I feel like we covered it. Yeah. Well. I think okay. We did. Yeah. We, we, we deep dove. Very we, thorough. All yeah. right. <laughs> we like to be thorough here on Sovereign Tech. Uh, okay. <laughs> so uh, let's, uh, let, let's shake it up a little bit. And so here's, here's the question that actually came in a tweet. I understand why devoutly religious people are offended uh, by nudity, but why do why do you think so many non-religious people are offended by nudism? So nudism, I, I mean, the word nudism was used particularly nudity and nudism. Well, I, are I filled, different. I filled in the word nudity, so like to, oh, to okay. understand what was being said. But nudism, of course, is this lifestyle that yeah, you generally don't wear clothes. Um, and as far as in the United States, the only place this is actually legal to do across the board is in Vermont, um, where you are legally allowed to walk around naked at all times, anytime that you want. I thought it was just one town in Vermont. Uh, I think it's the whole state. Okay. There's definitely nudist places in Florida, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. There's a lot of nudist places in Florida. Like resorts, right? Yeah. Private property. Right. 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 Okay. So. Vermont, I feel like that's kind of a cheat because it's like. Well, this you thing, know, who uses it? Out who, of the year, like, yeah, but who does it? Like nobody, right. even though Vermont, it's legal there. Maybe nobody... like in August, but. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I was about to say like Vermont's a weird state to have that. Yeah. <laughs> they probably don't even need to make it a law because it's like, why is not a problem? Yeah, right? like, was that a joke? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just pass that as a joke. It's like, yeah, you guys could be naked. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have fun with that. <laughs> So, all right. Well, I mean, MK, I'd, I'd love to start with you, you know, on this. I mean, yeah. so you understand what, like, you know, nudism is. And, right. And yeah. Like, what? yeah. I mean, why are people so offended? Maybe some of what we've talked about through the rest of this episode, you know, speaks to it. Why are people so offended by the concept of people just walking around naked, well, you know, at all times? Well, it's, yeah, there are people who are devoutly religious who are offended by it, but the larger culture dictates that it's unacceptable mm-hmm. unless it's used to sell cheeseburgers or some shit. So, <laughs> right, uh, Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. So, well, no, but there is an argument to be made that while not everyone is devoutly religious, we still live in a predominantly Christian mm. country, and you you get these social signals and cultural signals throughout your whole life, even if you're not religious. Like, I wasn't yeah. raised religious, um, but I grew up in a very religious town. All my friends were Christian. Well, Richard um, Dawkins, the guy, you know, one of the prime atheists in the world, you know, he calls it, he says he's a cultural Christian. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, even yes. though he's he's not, he doesn't buy into Christianity, he still considers, and proudly considers himself a cultural Christian. So, yeah. Well, yeah, so this religion is still deeply embedded in all of our cultural institutions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in 
all aspects. So you can't really separate it, even if more people are becoming agnostic or they're not practicing Christians or whatever. It's And atheists are a very tiny, tiny percentage of the population. So I agree that, you know, to say that like, oh, well, you can't have naked bodies out there is a weird, like you're sexualizing something that isn't inherently sexual. Right. Because it's just bodies. It's just you know, flesh on bones. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, I don't... Skin. Yeah, like, I don't immediately find it um, sexual if someone's walking around naked. Um, And I would like to see that mindset more widely accepted, Mm -hmm. but it's just not going to be because there's so much religion embedded in the cultural institutions and, you know, the laws and stuff like that, prohibiting that. I mean, it's still a very puritanical mindset. Um about nudity and it's it's a weirdly there's so much weird repressed sexuality stuff that comes with that too um which i don't see going away anytime soon which i really don't see it going away uh for a very very long time um so that's that would be my answer i think it's you know it's not that like a bunch of people are devoutly religious it's just that like you can't separate that religion from everything else in society I agree completely. Stephanie, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, I was I was thinking the exact same thing about the the way that Judeo-Christian mores sort of like seep into culture. Not really even Judeo, just Christian mores like seep <laughs> into culture and you can't avoid them even if you're supposedly I I grew up in New England, which is supposedly the most atheist, liberal in Massachusetts, you know, coast, East Coast, and I got so much so many Christian ideas. I was raised Jewish, but I got Christian ideas about sex, about clothing, about life, about everything. Mm-hmm. And I absorbed them from culture. So that's absolutely true. Um, the other thing I think just you kind of alluded to this MK or hinted at it, but um, I think that some people, and this is also a religious idea, but you see it especially in Islam. I think that some people have a fear that men just cannot control their sexual urges. And so we have to, as a society, we have to put clothing on the women to kind of compensate for that, to manage the men's inability to control themselves sexually. Otherwise, they'll just start raping people. And we see it in the idea of like she was asking for it because she wore provocative clothing, mm-hmm. you know, what people say about rape cases um, where they look at what the woman was wearing as like as though that matters in the case. And you, even if you that is such a prevalent rape myth that if you yeah. ask people, if you ask people like, OK, if a woman is walking down the street naked or topless and she gets raped, did was she asking for it? Some people will be like yeah she was kind of asking for it like you know a large majority of people most people will say, say that, that. Yeah, yeah. even people who consider themselves very progressive and they're like oh well of course if she was wearing a short dress or skirt then she wasn't asking for it but if she's walking down the street naked or topless yeah they're like yeah that one i have trouble with maybe she was kind of asking for it and no even if someone is naked on the street does not mean that they deserve to be raped No, like it's on the rapist to not rape. It's not on the person to not get raped. So it's there's that um, there's that weird idea. And like, obviously, we see an extreme example of this with Burqa, you know, in Saudi Arabia, where or some regions of Saudi Arabia, I guess, where, you know, um, 
women are like legally required to cover up everything except their eyes, but also just in the idea in Islam and also in Judaism. This is in Orthodox Judaism as well, where um, women's hair is considered so seductive that it should not be shown to other men besides their husband. Because if a man sees a woman's hair, he'll just go nuts and who knows what might happen. Well, that I don't want to I mean, I don't want to nitpick that, but there's there's a lot more to that little rule than like that has to do with literally like angels like like demonic angels and, and other things like seeing oh the angels might get aroused it has to do with genesis woman, chapter yeah. six verse four it's yeah like the head covering thing too mm-hmm. yep saying yeah. it's it all comes from this one little verse in the book of genesis uh, yeah. but and so but if you or, ask like in islam right like uh-huh. a lot of american women who are muslim wear hijabs right or cover their head and the, if you ask them why they do that they'll say it's about modesty Mm-hmm. And that's the same exact thing that Christians say about why they won't wear sleeveless shirts or tank right. spaghetti string, strap uh, tank tops. It's about mm-hmm. modesty. You want to be modest, right? And modesty is a virtue. Um, so, like, that is when basically a woman or whoever internalizes that idea <laughs> that somehow you're responsible for other people looking at you and getting turned on, right? When you're just trying to, whatever, dress in a comfortable way for the heat or whatever. Um, so yeah, those are, those are religious ideas. I think that factor into the whole nudity thing. Another one is control, because if you can force people to dress a certain way or to dress at all, yeah, that's a, that's a way of controlling them. And so I think a lot of nudists or naturists are maybe like fighting back against that. Like, yeah, it seems kind of ridiculous. Like when a kid runs around the house naked, cause he's like throwing off his diaper and he just doesn't want to, you can't control me. But I mean, it is, it is kind of a thing. Like, School uniforms, right? That's a mechanism of control. Any job or anything that any institution that makes you wear a uniform, when you put on that suit, you start acting a certain way and you start believing that you belong to this collective and you're you're playing by certain rules. <laughs> and so when you put on any suit of clothes, you know, because of because society expects it or pressures you to, you are being kind of controlled in a certain sense, especially female sexuality. Because if we have to, you know, we have to cover up our breasts, men don't, you know, they can be basically shirtless in a lot Mm -hmm. of, in like beaches and stuff like that in some situations, right? But in in situations where you would wear a bathing suit, um, and it used to be that women would have to wear these full bathing suits that looked like wrestling uniforms or something came down to their knees and had little shorts attached, you know, um, because it was considered indecent and, you know, um, but those standards have changed over time. Now we can wear bikinis. Bikinis were scandalous in the 1950s and 60s. Super scandalous. Super scandalous. Yeah. But now they're no big deal. Now you go to a beach and it's like, okay, everybody wears a bikini. Even the people who are not, who don't have societally perfect quote unquote bodies, right, are wearing bikinis. And sure. It's like no big deal. So um, what's next? Maybe it'll continue to go into that ge- that direction. But there's a lot of pushback, I think, from people who maybe have that idea that it's impossible to control them, their sexual urges, you know, or it's impossible to stop them from sexualizing other people. So we must control what the other people wear. It's yeah. a, it's a very controlling kind of attitude. And so it, what else is new? Like, you know, attempts to control female sexuality have been done for a very long time in a patriarchal society. 
Um, yeah, there's the P word. The P word. Yeah. Oh shit. We already right. said it at the beginning. <laughs> the seal has been broken. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts on that, MK? I mean, yeah, I totally agree. That's a really good point about it being a lot about control. And yeah, I mean, bodies have been unjustly sexualized, uh, and not because they're inherently sexual or certain you know body parts are inherently sexual um it's just that's something that's been placed onto people by other people by people with weird ideas you know of their own um so yeah i mean and unfortunately guy on twitter like or person on twitter i should say um i just don't really see it changing and that's unfortunate uh because yeah i would like to see bodies maybe desexualized i'm not saying there's no place for you know sexiness or anything like that but yeah but yeah like the topless thing for example uh people push back so hard against ordinances as as though society is gonna fall apart if women can show their boobs even if it's breastfeeding not like sexual organs necessarily yeah necessarily right and i like how you said that like not necessarily sexual or not inherently sexual nakedness is not inherently sexual Mm -hmm. because I, I really like it, and I think that's important to put that word inherently in there because they yes, can be sexual can in be. some contexts, right? But they're not automatically and always sexual. Yeah, right? like walking, like say we, you know, if if nudity was more accepted in society, like someone walking around the grocery store naked. I mean, like they're not, you know, <laughs> the context matters. Like they're not there for sexy times necessarily. Right. I mean, you know, and that you sh- that shouldn't be assumed that they are just because they're naked. Yeah. yeah. Now I see like the reason I said that is because I see a lot of people nowadays who are pushing back against bodies just being automatically sexualized and they'll say, well, breasts aren't sexual or nipples aren't sexual or what genitalia aren't sexual and it's like well wait a minute they're not not sexual Mm -hmm. they're just not always sexual right Right. you don't have to see them and have a boner or get aroused or turned on just because you see some breasts or whatever um i do always think it's so weird that yeah like you're not allowed to go topless even though a breast is just a nipple with some fat behind it. You yeah. know, like yes. there's nothing. It's just a little, you know, well, I mean, it's a little different. I mean, it's the weirdest thing. It's such a bizarre thing for people to flip out about. Yeah. And that speaks back to that coevolution. I mean, these things like, like you say, aren't just sexual, you know, like, I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's a whole bunch of different reasonings behind it. I mean, now I've admittedly, I've read from feminist writers that, you know, they are against nudism or, and, and feminism is for those that don't know is such a broad, like, I mean, there's so many different versions of feminism. There's so many different ideologies within feminism. It's really not one thing. And uh, mm-hmm. honestly, if somebody is like against feminism and like, they just keep saying that over and over again, they obviously like, don't know what it is. I list off They're like 10 idiot. different kinds of feminism right. to ask which specific right. one yeah. <laughs> Right. I mean, credit to some people. I have seen some people start to say like specifically, well, I'm against third wave feminism. I'm like, Okay, whatever you know, well, but at, well, at least at least you've done a way feminism. Yeah, right. A lot to unpack there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's still great point. So, but what they will say is, is that you know it's offensive if guys are just suddenly all walking around with boners. Now, I mean, you know, because they're seeing you know naked people say suddenly everybody starts walking around as nudists. Now, I mean, the, the answer to that, of course, is very simple. Uh, is that well, once you like get rid of the the mystique. 
that clothing brings on to the human body mm-hmm. and the sexuality that it kind of brings on, they're not going to walk around with boners anymore. So, I mean, right. even if the whole yeah. world did suddenly become nudist, there's definitely going to be a transition time. Let's say that that happened. And I'm not saying I need the whole world to be nudist or something like that. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I understand these concerns, but there's very simple answers for them. And it just goes to show how much all of this is just cultural construct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. And if they're seeing a bunch of other guys with boners and they're not gay or bisexual, then wouldn't that re-nob. balance things out, right? Yeah. <laughs> when they start losing their boners. Yeah, that boner's going to drop once they see other see ones. a bunch of other boners. <laughs> right. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Um, so, all right. Well, do we have any other any other major thoughts on this? Otherwise, I have one more question as far as it goes. Um, yeah, there was something else I was thinking about, but I, I can't exactly remember it now. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll let you keep chewing on that. Okay. So I'll ask you, MK. I mean, like, do you... All right. Well, actually, you know what? Hold on. So here's one of the worst things that happens. This has nothing to... This seemingly has nothing to do with Christianity and all that. But like, you know, I, I dig it. I I get the idea. Like I like to make kind of incendiary posts and social media things and whatever, or, or, you know, comments on, on sovereign tech, um, about, yeah, you know, I think people should be totally free to not wear clothes and all of this stuff, you know, instantaneously, the first response I get every single time is, but it gets cold. And it's like, yeah, so what? Yeah, no, no shit. So I'm going to put on a jacket just like I do now, You, you know, like, like it is, it's amazing. Like, and I don't know what creates that response. I don't think it's practicality because you just look at these people and you know, like you're not a very practical human being. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't know where, where that comes from, but I mean, there, it is so deep, this idea of, of like, no nudity is bad. Um, I mean, you know, biblically, like it is, it is, it's directly correlated with sin, you know, like Mm. you are wearing clothing because of sin. Like, I mean, like, like nudity is automatically considered bad. Mm. And yeah, like you said, MK, I mean, like this, you know, these mores, these, uh, you know, religious, uh, concepts aren't going away anytime soon. So, but I mean, you know, so I just to provide a counter example to that, Brian, um, we like to watch this reality quote reality TV show called naked 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 and afraid. And it's about, it's a, it's a show about two strangers, a man and a woman, get dropped off in a remote location, usually in some kind of tropical climate, but the climate varies. It can be on islands, it can be in mm-hmm. the mountains, in a jungle, in the desert, um, all different places. There's even one in Canada, which is pretty nuts if you think about it. But anyway, they get dropped off and they've got nothing, no food, no water, one survival item, which is usually a knife or a fire starter yep. or a net, yep. and they're naked, no yep. clothes. And that's why it's called Naked and Afraid. And they have to, the only objective of the game is to, it's not much of a game. You basically just have to survive in the, in the remote location for three weeks yep. and then make it to the point where you're going to get picked up at the end of three weeks. Sure. And hopefully both partners are, are there and make it all the way through. So, um, it's really interesting to see that because some of the locations, it's very hot and you're like, oh, good. It would be easy to be naked there, right? Like right. They, they get dropped off like somewhere in Africa, right? And it's very hot. Or like just somewhere that's close to the equator. Like, I don't know, um, what's close to the, like Colombia or something. Sure. And they're, you know, they, you would think it's a tropical climate. It's very, it's going to be hot there. So it would be great to be naked. But actually... The first thing they discover is like, okay, the sun is beating down on my back. I'm getting a bad sunburn. My sh- my feet are killing me because there's thorns on the ground. I need shoes. Um, 
I think there are practical reasons to wear clothing when oh, you think about it that well, way. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, there's there's uh, I forget what the complete list is, but like the first five human inventions, one of them was boots. Mm, um, yep. I mean, for very good reason, you know, uh, and I, I totally agree with that. So, yeah, I, I your point is definitely well taken. The skin thing. I mean, I think if people naturally grew up, you know, in those conditions and everything like like their skin would be able to handle it without having to wear clothing. I mean, it's one th- when you're dropping, you know, pasty white people. And I mean that with all <laughs> respect, seriously, uh, you know, in the, into Africa, I mean, like I mean, even indigenous people wear hats a lot. Yep. Hats are another great them, thing. You know, sure. So yeah, no, there's, there's a point to it. You're right. I, 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 I you know, your point is taken. Yeah. So. All right. So, well, but that gives great context to the very last bit of this, which is, you know, like MK, how do you feel about nudism? Like, I mean, are you looking forward to a world, or like, would you like the option to be able to just walk around anywhere, go to the store naked, things like this? I would if if certain other things weren't a thing. I guess, like, I like, I yeah, I I think that I'm totally fine with people being nude. Like, I I don't have any problem. Yeah, with yeah, it yeah. If people want to walk around naked or whatever because I'm not immediately thinking you know of them in a sexual way right because they're naked um but i don't know that we've gotten even close to that point with most people um but it is kind of interesting i mean like because you mentioned the clothing you know clothing was obviously something that was created to protect us from the environment well, now we have like air conditioning and stuff. So, yeah. like, why can't we be naked inside? Yeah. You know, like that. I'm totally cool with that. Like, that right. makes sense to me. I mean, I'm naked in my house all the time. Like, that's just kind of, you know, when I'm not around anyone or whatever, yeah. like, that's just kind of my default because um, it's just comfortable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I think it would be cool to see that. I, I would like to see nudity less sexualized and, you know, it there being not this element of shame attached to it because that's really a lot of it too is like there's all the shame around the naked human form and it's completely unnecessary and comes from these totally outdated you know most of the time religious practices um so yeah i mean it would be cool uh but yeah i would also hope that you know, other things lined up at that on that same timeline of, you know, okay, everything it's okay to be nude, but hey, maybe we don't have as much sexism and stuff like that. Yeah, there'd have to be a cultural shift. There'd have to be big yeah, lots of cultural shifts. Yeah, (laughs) sure. In many directions. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh for you know, for things to line up right to where, you know, I would be comfortable with it. Sure. Stephanie? I I completely agree. Um I would I would be interested in being, you know, going to the beach topless or whatever, or just going hiking topless or something like that, maybe with a hat to keep the sun and the ticks off. But like, you know, just taking off clothes or showing my boobs, whatever. Um, If not for the fact that I'd be pretty certain I would get harassed and I don't want the attention and I just don't want to deal with it. So I cover up. Um, And that's when I think about it that way, there is a part of me that's like, well, fuck that. I don't want to. But I also don't want to be the first one. I don't want to start the nudist revolution, you know, maybe in an environment like if I was in, let's say, a coven of witches and we were doing a sky clad (laughs) spell. 
I would totally go <laughs> skyclad with everybody else or maybe like a ceremonial robe or something. Um, if I was hanging out with friends who I knew genuinely had no problem with it, like in the hot tub, let's just say, and their bathing suits optional. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No problem. Those are fun situations to be nude. And actually, I think the thing I was going to say before was um, my perspective on nudity changed when I went to medical school mm. because it's just you when you learn anatomy you realize that like it's just a body and we all have the same types of most of the same parts you know and there's all different kinds of bodies and everyone is naked under their clothes and it's just not a big deal you know and so i think i think that was actually helpful for me in letting go of some shame that i had Sure. about it <laughs> um but yeah like like you said mk i still i don't want to be the first one to start the nudist revolution <laughs> i'm i'm still seeing those consequences right now and just don't want to deal with it that trail and I <laughs> yeah and, you know, go for it yeah. i think it does take a certain type of person who really does not give a fuck or is very passionate about nudism D- like the, that's the only people who the only women who are willing to go topless now are like activists, you know, like there's not many women that are willing to to do that. Like we get know? harassed enough when we wear clothes. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we do. I mean, and that level of harassment just seems to increase the fewer clothes you wear, unfortunately. I mean. Yep. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, it's really a catch 22. Like, I mean, I don't have any fear whatsoever of walking around that way. Um, and, you know, certainly, and like as a, as a man, you know, as a man, I don't have to deal with a lot of the, the more shaming aspects that would, that would come, you know, along with, you know, say if you two did such a thing, but at the same time, like I'm in a catch 22 where like, kind of like that feminist argument that I described earlier about, you know, they like even seeing a penis or something might be kind of offensive or something like that. Well, in one sense, I want to be like, yeah, you know, screw you. I don't care. At the other time, it's like, look. yeah, we're, we're, you know, that's our, what the other argument is, right? If you're offended by boobs, don't look at boobs. Well, right, right. But like at, at the same time, I'm like, okay, I get it. The culture's not here yet. I want to be respectful <laughs> and I don't want to like, you know, I don't want to freak anybody out or anything. Um, so yeah, it's tough. Like that. And that's what makes it so hard to like even ever get to a point where this would be somehow nor- where nudism would be normalized in any way is mm. because you have so many different factors, like MK was saying. Yeah. That, well, and yeah, just kind of like a, a follow up to to that feminist argument. It comes from just the fact that certain things have been kind of weaponized against certain people. Sure. And that's why they don't want to see it. Sure. You know, it is going to be disturbing for some people to see a penis sometimes well i mean they've been traumatized by it or or whatever exactly Um, there's so much sexual trauma Mm -hmm. in the world you know not just in america in the world that yeah i what you know and me personally i you know (laughs) no pun intended or pun intended i don't want to be a dick like i don't want (laughs) to you know i I don't want to be a jerk and like you know i mean how far does that go yeah I, i get that but Really, like, uh, it just I'm, that it doesn't interest me to be, uh, you know, triggering people. Quite frankly, <gasps> somebody said trigger. Oh no! I think there are things that people could get offended about about other people's bodies that would be totally clothed. Like, for mm-hmm. example, um, I have like D to double D size breasts, and the other day we were about to go out somewhere public, like 
I don't know if it was a grocery store or a restaurant or something like that. I think it was a restaurant. And I was like, oh, I should probably put on a bra because usually I don't wear a bra <laughs> at home. Yeah. And, and like it, it's like it's uncomfortable. And like as soon as we got back in the door, I'm like, OK, I'm taking it off. You know, <laughs> yeah. but I felt like I should wear one in public because I'm like, oh, what if my nipples are sticking out or something? Or what if like they're jiggling around and people get offended? <laughs> like, um, But it was almost an afterthought. So I don't know. I again, I'm not blazing the trail, but but I feel like people people always have judgments about other people's bodies, you know, no matter what. And uh I'm sure that there are things that people could get offended about even when everybody's fully clothed. Absolutely. That's absolutely true. They do now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so to a certain extent, you just have to say, like, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Choose your threshold. Pick your battles. Absolutely. Yeah. So. All right. So while we're talking about offending people, MK, I would like you to offend a whole lot of people. Um, I mean, you do this all the time anyway, and My I pleasure. always enjoy it. <laughs> uh, but I usually do on a Q&A, so we'll wrap this up. On, on a Q&A, I do a pick of the week, an album of the week. Okay. And usually it ends up just being a band that I would, that I would choose, you know. And a lot of people love this. They love, they love the picks that I get out there. And so <laughs> I'm very excited right now. So I'm going to, in fact, I had, when I had Stephanie on a Q&A, like you, you, you didn't even come up with one. I or no, oh no, it was Woody's Produce. Yeah, right. You, you your your pick was uh, was was Biggie, mm -hmm. and it was it was Woody's Produce the remix. Yeah, okay. So you did a pick one, or you did pick one. So MK, here's your chance. What music do you want these listeners to check out? Okay, I think you guys, y'all. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think y'all should check out Andrew Jackson Jihad. They also. <laughs> I love the name. I know. I love the name. They actually recently changed their name to go by AJJ. Um, they're going but, mainstream. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're sold out, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they're a really good folk punk band. Folk and punk. Folk punk. Okay. So, um, so yeah, like if okay, so folk punk would be like if you like the acoustic versions of Against Me songs, ah. it's like that, <laughs> but with more nihilism and like kind of darker content. <laughs> So, uh, so one of the albums is "People Who Eat People Are the Luckiest People in the World." <laughs> uh, that's one of them. I, I want to name a couple other ones because I also just love the names. Is of that these their top albums. album, though? Um, it's hard to say. It's that hard that to their call. Top one is all right. They're all really good. What's the best song? Could you give me a best song? Oh, maybe the best. Oh, dude. All right. Well, how about off that album? I don't know. Okay. Oh man, that's no. All right, so all right, good ones. all right. Keep so going, keep going, ones. keep going. They'll have to check it out. Um. So yeah. So another one is uh, candy cigarettes, cap guns, issue problems, and such. <laughs> um, that's a whole album name. That's a whole album name. Okay. Um. So some of the songs, like "People," is a really good song. It's a really good kind of catchy People. tune. All right. "Brave" is a noun. Um. Probably one of their really sad ones that deals with some dark content is "Backpack." It grew on me. I didn't like it when I first heard the song. I was like, man, this is real messed up, dude. But uh, it grew on me, and it's really good. Um, but yeah, they talk about... I mean, it's it's kind of sad, like... But, like, edgy mm -hmm. sort of material uh, to, like, catchy acoustic okay. music. Folk punk. Folk so punk. so fo the folk part of that of punk means that it is acoustic 
It's well, yeah. I mean, they have electric songs. I mean, they you know they use a wide range of instruments. Okay. But yeah, it's it's in the kind of folk tradition. So kind of okay. like folk music, but faster. And okay. like you know, I have not listened to this yet, uh, listeners. In case you're wondering, um, but I'm going to be checking this out. It's yeah, it's it's some weird stuff. But I uh, you know, if your listeners are into weird kind of obscure stuff they love the obscure obscure. they're not that obscure but now that they're ajj yeah yeah but yeah now that they're ajj (laughs) but uh they got some really good stuff and they cover some interesting topics and um yeah okay so all right so so it's so hard to pick like an album too because i listen to such a wide range like i always wanted to like suggest like you know, like a, you know, Jamtronica album too, Whoa. or like just, I I don't know. There's just so many things to pick, but I. All right. So Andrew Jackson Jihad. Yes. And the particular album that you mentioned, I'll put it in the show notes, but what was it called again? People who eat people are the luckiest people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like two months ago, I did a whole show on, um, on, on uh, cannibalism. Yeah. So, you know, like, <laughs> there you go. By request it. of the users. And so, well, anyway, there we go. <laughs> nice. One of the song titles, the Michael Jordan of Drunk Driving, is on one of the albums. <laughs> wow. Oh, shit. So, okay. So, just to give you an idea of what topics they kind of cover. Yeah. It's real messed up. <laughs> All right. So, there it is Andrew Jackson Jihad. And there is, boy, we did like an hour and a half. Unbelievable. People are getting Woo. some great content. Actually, an hour and 40. So anyway, there's some high fives going around. MK, thank you so much. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'll high five. Thank you so much for being on. And You and me. Yeah, there you go, love that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they just heard that. I don't think I've ever said that on air. Uh, <laughs> um, bats out of the bag. <laughs> yeah, oh, shit. So anyway, it's late at night. I have to pee. Okay, you have to pee. Nice. Bye. Thanks All right. for having me on. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you. Woo. All right, MK was great as, oh, as usual. Awesome. We got to have you on a lot more stuff. We'll figure out how we can make yes. all that happen. So, all right, cool. All right, listeners. Uh, of course, no new sex and science hour this week. Um, we'll be back in like three weeks or something like that. I, I don't know. That's not exactly my. Uh, it's not not in my pay grade. And uh, but there will be a new Sovereign Tech out this week, and there might be some other Patreon content that I will uh, I'll get out there. There's some stuff that I promised that I want to make sure gets released. So. Whoo. I'll see you on the other side. You just experienced Sovereign Tech. Go to SovereignTech.com, that's S-O-V-R-Y-N-Tech.com, and connect with us there. Find links from today's show and catch our podcast feed. Sovereign Tech is copy heart. Copying art is an act of love, and love is not subject to law. So please, share the show however you like. Welcome to the evolution.